This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey. If you hate Phil, I'm fine with that. If Phil's a first-class jerk, if he's an ass, and that's how you feel about it, that's fine. Judd Zolgad. Has he become that crusty? I think I think he's always been. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I have a business proposition for you. I have a proposition for you. I've got a proposition for you guys. I want to hear proposition. I've got a proposition for you. It's Minnesota Sports Profit Time with Mackie and Judd. Actually, Mackie out today. He'll be back on Friday. Matthew Collar, check out his work. He's done a ton on the Vikings, 1500ESPN.com. The offensive line project is up. Okay. And that's uh, that, that's pretty in-depth, correct? It's extremely in-depth. All right. Yes. You're, you're such a nerd, but I appreciate that. I love you for that. My offensive line guy and I got on the phone for an hour. And we broke down week 17 tape of uh, Rashad Hill and Mike Remmers. And I and we recorded it. And I made videos of it. And I wrote about it. And there's a podcast on it. Yeah. Let's get to our Minnesota sports profits. I showed you that last night, I, at like midnight, I was watching Kirk Cousins yeah, against Kansas City. It's a I was sickness. showing you clips from that. I appreciate it, but <laughs> it's a sickness. Uh I will go through these prop bets as put together by intern Max. We'll start with you, Matthew Collar, then go to Dave and Max, and then I will chime in. The first Minnesota sports prop bet, over under seven and a half touchdowns for Stefan Diggs this season. You got some breaking news real quick? Yeah. With the Vikings, uh, Pat Elfline will start Vikings camp on the physically unable to perform list. Okay, that's not that surprising. He's, he what, broke his ankle in Philadelphia, yes. right? Yes. And that looked pretty severe and had surgery, so and that's not that we've surprising. We've got a long way until they start playing, so no need to panic yet. But I think people would have liked to have seen him be farther along by now. Sure. Because he's a key part of the offense. Sure. All right, starting with you, over under, seven and a half touchdowns for Stefan Diggs this season. Uh, I'm going to say seven and a half is a lot to ask. He had nine last year. Mm-hmm. I am going to say the under on that, but just barely. The touchdowns, they vary from year to year. I mean, Adam Thielen, I think, only had four. I mean, he had an unbelievable season, but mm-hmm. he only had four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how it works. If they have Delvin Cook back, Latavius Murray, they're really good at the goal line, I'll go under. David Harrigan? Uh, under seems like the safe choice, but I'm not going to be safe. I'm going to say eight. Why not or, uh, eight or more? Yeah, the eight, eight receiving touchdowns last year. I think oh, you're healthy okay. for a full season last year. Let's bump it up. Let's go. All right. Matt. You brought in the quarterback for a reason. Yeah, Dang it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I mean, kind of a contract year, right? Uh, I'm hoping, you know, Kirk Cousins 
uh, that addition helps. Uh, he gets more than seven and a half. So yeah, eight or nine. I am going to go with Matthew in part because I'm trying to. I, I think that I think Kirk is going to use both these guys, but I also think that he's probably going to have a favorite, and I can't. I don't know which one it's going to be yet. So, and I think there's a good chance it might be Thielen. So I am going to say that Stefan Diggs has a very good season and has uh, maybe five, six, maybe seven touchdowns, but falls under the seven and a half mark. Over under .5 games played in a Vikings uniform next season for Stefan Diggs. 2019? 2019. So, so a year from now, will we be in a, a position to see Stefan Diggs play for the Vikings? Is what I he's will asked. say yes, that he either re-signs a big contract or they franchise tag him. If his plan is to hit the market and get all the dollars... Well, that's a good plan, but they still have that franchise tag, and if it comes down to having to tag him or Anthony Barr, I think they would tag him. I'm going to bet on a, a re-signing. When's the last time the Vikings have used a franchise tag? Greenway. It's been a long it time. It was Klein. They've used it twice, right? Klein, Klein Saucer back in the day when I think it first it started. Who and franchises they, a fullback slash tight end? And then they did it for Green. And then they did it for Chad, which surprised me because you you would have just thought the sort of local guy from mm-hmm. the Dakotas would have signed back here, uh, but they, they used it for a year with him, so you're saying, I'm sorry, David, you said what? I'm saying he re-signs. I think it's a, oh, it's a, a multi-year right. deal. I think they get it done. Who knows? Maybe it gets done very soon, but I think it will get done. Max? Yeah, I think it gets done. He's important. They'll do it. I don't think a contract necessarily gets done, but I think uh, Collar's right. They franchise him. So it's going to be it's going to be over 0.5 games, the question is, will he play over 0.5 games as a happy camper in purple? I think there is an off chance that won't be the case. Over under, three and a half Big Ten victories for the Gopher football team. This is so simple. Over under, three and a half Big Ten victories for the for the Gopher football team. Who is their quarterback? Uh, that's a we gr- don't know. That's a great <laughs> question. You just asked a very good question. Oh, man, I should have been at Big Ten Media Day asking those good Could questions. Could have gone to Chicago. Yeah. Free trip. Uh, we'll go under then since we don't know who their quarterback is. Max, you want to go second this time? Yeah, I I just, I'm pretty down <laughs> on the old the old school I go to. I, I They might get three. I don't think they get to four. Two wins last year. Yeah, and now you don't even know who the quarterback is. Uh, yeah, no. I'm, sorry, it's it's going to be a long season for PJ and the boys. I don't see three wins there. Who are Go they going to f- beat? Big Ten, right? We said yeah, Big, Big Ten, Ten only. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This is not non-conference. Go through it quick, Judd. At Maryland, a loss at Maryland. Home to Iowa, loss. At Ohio State, loss. Uh, at Nebraska, loss. Home to Indiana, win. At Illinois. Win. Home to Purdue. Loss. Home to Northwestern. Loss. At Wisconsin. Loss. You just gave us two. I gave you two wins. I gave you two wins in wow. Maryland. And Maryland, if they are improved, or not, not improved, might be a win. But at Maryland, I'm at Illinois loss. could be a win. That should be. Yeah. But the Illini are absolutely well. atrocious. Yeah. Chances that Brian Dozier gets traded here before the July 31st non-waiver deadline. Chances that Brian Dozier, give me a percentage. It's not an over-under. 
Give me a percent. It's prop bet. It's a prop bet. Okay. Uh, I will say 88%. All right. I'm very confident, but not 100% confident. I was going to say 72%, but I'm going to, yeah, 88 sounds good. I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> 70 or 88%. Yes, he's gone. It's going to happen. There's always the yeah. chance that it doesn't, certainly, if you can't get the price. But I think at this point, Dozier is gone if you get a decent deal back. You don't need a great deal. You don't need a good deal. He's you too attractive need... for, for a team not to say, okay, if you want this extra prospect, you might not be great, but we'll we'll throw this guy. Mm-hmm. Max? Yeah, I, you know, I haven't really heard too much in the last few days, but I'd still give it like 65% that it's going to get done. Is there an argument to not trade him? I mean, you're probably not competing for the division the rest of the way. It but is. It is. Too. Maybe you could try to re-sign him in the offseason. No, I don't think they want to do that to a long term, or they they would have gone after him in uh, March. I think what this is about is I think the argument coming from some is you don't trade him, you keep him, you extend him the qualifying offer, which is going to be pretty good. And then given the softness of the market last year, he takes that, and so he stays for 2019. That's the argument made by some. I think if I could get a few prospects for him, even if they're not fantastic, i trade him. How many twins... I like this one, Max. How many twins will be traded in the next week? So going up, Hmm. walking up to the deadline, how many twins will Falveen trade within the next week? Um, I'm gonna say four. Do you want to give me? Uh, do you want to give me names or no? I think let's see: Fernando Rodney, Zach Duke, Brian Dozier, and Eduardo Escobar. All right, Dave. Four. I mean, those names all make a lot of sense, but it just seems so aggressive. Four names, four, four. I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna stick with three. I think for some reason, I, those are certainly your leaders in the clubhouse as far as the. Uh, the possibilities. One of those probably won't get done, but yeah, you do at least three, right? And who are they? Three of those four. That's what I'm so saying. So who, who do you think doesn't get? I think. Which one do you think? I think Escobar does not. Okay. I think there's a. I think you need to get a lot back for him right now, Who's and I don't know? think. Uh, I'm not sure any team would be willing to give as much back as Falvin Levine would want back. Max, how old is Escobar? Is he young? Not super. He's young. not young. No. Yeah, he's not young. No, we'll Google the age. Probably late, he's probably late twenties. Because you know, you can to you he's ancient, Max. To me, he's a young man. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think we'll 29. go. He's twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah, I say three. Duke, Rodney, Dozier. Smart guy over here. Smart guy. Yeah. Window of opportunity that exists in the everything must go at Target Field sale. I've got it on five. Wow. Whoa! Wow! I've got it on five. Dozier, Escobar, Duke, Rodney, and you take whatever scrap you can get. You take a box lunch for Lance Lynn. <laughs> if they'll give me, if I if I can get a team to give me a box lunch for this miserable guy who hates being here, whose game, whose time of games pitched is absolutely off the charts terrible, I take whatever you want to give me for Lance Lynn. So I say Lynn, Dozier, Escobar, Duke, and uh, Fernando Rodney. Could you get a full it's lunch? Five. 
you know, sandwich, chips, apple, and the cookie, or no. think they hold back the cookie? No, they'd hold back the cookie. Yeah, I think I you'd get too. the apple. I think you'd get the chips if it's a small bag. If it's a big bag, they yank the chips off the table. Plus, they give you like the bad, the bad variety. And it's you know, a they cold get the variety sa- pack, but you know, they give you like the salt and vinegar or something like that. And it's a cold sandwich too. Oh yeah, like it's not a good sandwich. No. It's not a, it's not a toasted. And you don't get to pick the bread. No. So they'll send you the pre-wrapped sandwich. It might be the type that you eat half of and I then toss the I think I'd send them a sandwich at this point. Yeah. For as bad I would as do it's whatever been I'd and as miserable do. as the guy is, you can have him and a sandwich. Over under 50% of the vote when, when Joe Maurer is on the Hall of Fame ballot for the first time. Over uh, under, yeah. will he get 50% of the vote? I say over, and I think there's a good chance he goes in first ballot. Really? Yeah, I well, do. That's a controversial. I, I think Mackey around right around baseball, Joe Maurer is looked at for his peak and how he continued to be somewhat effective late into his career, but especially that he was a top three player at his position at any time throughout his peak. I know that people want him to hit more home runs, and I know they don't love his contract. Yeah, but that's that's kind of the minutia here. From the outside view, from all the people that are going to be voting at large, they look at him as one of the greatest players of the generation. I'd like to know that, who that's a good take. I I, like I'd that. like to know who's also going to be on the ballot when he goes. You know, the first timers, but we can't get that for you. Yeah, Sorry, that's Dave. a little Max tough. can't do that. For I'm going to say under, slightly under, but that number will go up as the years go by. I, I don't think he's first ballot, but I could see it going. Four, five, six years, and then you you start itching towards that number that you need to hit. Obviously, Max, I don't. I can't even like. I feel like it's been so long since he's been like one of the best players in the league. So I I don't see them giving him more than fifty percent of the vote. I think it's going to be under. Um, I agree, but I I think that the caller's right. I think the perception of Maurer nationally and the fact that he won, if I'm not mistaken, three batting titles and the fact that he did it while catching is going to influence people eventually and that there's there's actually... I think a decent chance he makes it, but I say the first year, just because the baseball people are so, oh, it's the first year on the ballot. I can't vote. I can't vote for him. He's not baseball royalty. He didn't do this and that. So I think the first year he gets like 40-something percent, like you said, Dave, and and I think he very well might get in, but because of how baseball treats its guys, first-year ballot, it's just, it's sacred, that first-year ballot. I can't vote for, I can't let a guy in first year. Unanimous selection, I don't care how good he was. <laughs> so, all right, let's uh, take a break. Is is Zim talking, Matthew? Is that is that what I'm going to take from your Elfline breaking news? Yeah, he's going to talk at 1130. Okay. After the first round of uh, walkthrough and then they practice later this afternoon, we'll be out there. Let's do this then. Nick Saban had some uh, thoughts on a college football playoff. And I think he's exactly right in the direction this might go, and I absolutely love it. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and Judd. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, today, Matthew Collar in uh, for Phil today and tomorrow actually fill back on friday so matthew earlier today on this station on uh, the golic and wingo show which was whom today dave it was golic jr 
Uh, Fitz. Jason and, Fitz, Golick Jr., and Mina Kimes yesterday and today. They had the honor of uh, talking to Alabama coach Nick Saban. In studio with them. Yeah, and he had, and he had some thoughts on the expanded playoff. And I'm going to play this comment. And I think Saban is trying to uh, take us away f- from the idea of an expanded playoff. And yet I think he lands on the exact reason why we need it. College football has always been unique from the standpoint that you could go to a bowl game and it was great positive self-gratification for a team. And I think the more we expand the playoffs, the less significant the bowl games become. So I, I don't think that those things can eventually coexist. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, you know, for college football, uh, because a lot of co- college football players actually, you know, get a lot of positive self-gratification from winning seven, eight, nine games and being able to go to a bowl game, and so do their fan base. But if you have playoffs, then, you know, the bowl games will diminish. Players won't play, uh, which we already are seeing. Um, I'm not sure that we might not have had some players last year that might not have played in our game if we weren't, you know, in, in the playoffs. So, um, and you have to wonder, you know, if it's not important, why should we have it? And I know it's a financial issue. All right. Everything he just said to me is exactly why. Anything we can do to diminish the overall bowl structure is outstanding. And by the way, it's not about players. It's not about players. The amount of bowl games allow coaches to coaches to sell us a bill of complete goods about how good their team is, right? Well, we went to a bowl game. Yeah, we only won five, you know, five games or six games in most cases. But we went to a bowl game and we got all this extra practice. Bowl games, the majority of them, allow coaches to sell their fan bases and and the administrators above them a complete bill of BS that I would love to take out. Saban just went through a play-by-play of exactly why the playoff should expand, and if we diminish bowl games or eliminate them all together, I'm perfectly happy. There's got to be a correct area to land in where not everyone is making the playoffs because with hockey, it's really funny when a team makes the playoffs as the eight seed. And it's like, well, you know, that was our goal. We made the playoffs last year. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, you barely got in, and more than half the teams get to make it. So is that really that big of an accomplishment that you just slipped in? or? But, you know, they get to say that they did. And exactly what you're talking about, if you're the coach, you want to say, well, you know, we made the playoffs. <laughs> don't fire me. Yep, um, exactly. So I, I don't want that for college football. I don't necessarily want everybody gets in the playoffs off and then we have these senseless games where Alabama plays someone that's not close to them and bashes their brains in but there are also a lot of programs who are getting better and better the competition is better across the board I think and when you see a team like UCF who was a legitimately good team had guys drafted and you want to see them in a playoff when they're undefeated and mm-hmm. see how they they're going to do against some of these better teams I want them in that conversation so what is it Eight, sixteen. I think you get to. I think. For, I think sixteen. I think sixteen eventually, but I think the short play is eight. Like I think you take it because I don't think you're going to go from from the current system to sixteen. So I think the realistic short play is eight teams. Where the where the. But I love the idea. I I don't care if you if you go to a bowl game. I don't care if you go to San Diego. Doesn't interest me. Don't yeah. care. Like I want as a football fan. I want games 
that I care about. And I, I know you're weird because you love these. I do love you the bad love ball these games. bad ball oh, games. But you yes, sort of like, but you sort of like it. It's sort of like you like car accidents or something. <laughs> it's not. It's it, it, it serves no good purpose. But I'm okay with those if they're not considered in the best of the best tournament. If the other bowl games are basically like an NIT. That that's okay. If I end up watching Wyoming versus Boise Tech on or the something field, on the blue field, uh, on the blue field, <laughs> I don't think there is a Boise Tech, but I will watch those games. I know you will. Hawaii against Wyoming, and you'll call me about players and, and say I, the Vikings I, should sign this guy. We'll tell you all about what's going on. I love that crazy stuff happens in every one of those six fumbles in the first quarter or something. It's always funny. It's great <laughs> to watch, but I don't want those <laughs> considered to be similar to. The, the big playoff. So, yes, you got a bowl. That's cute. You know, your fans got to travel to Hawaii from Wyoming. Good for them. But that's not the playoff. There's got to be a right spot where you don't feel like anyone who's left out of the playoff could have won the national championship. Yep. Because right now, I feel yes, like there I, are yes. two, three, four teams that get left out of that party that potentially could have ended up winning it. Give me the compelling case why it's not eight right now. I don't have one for you. I really don't. Like, I've never heard... There are enough teams that could have possibly wanted that I needed at least. And, and if a team goes in and gets blown out, guess what? They get blown out, they're gone, they're done. I've never heard a compelling case about, well, well, the four is more fun because it's the elite of the elite. Okay, but you've certainly left out at least a couple that belonged. And if they get blown out, that's fine. But at least they get blown out in a game I wanted to watch. Unlike you, I find no satisfaction in watching the absolute garbage that they play out as the fumble ruski. Oh my gosh, a team at the fumble ruski. And, and Saban's on. And Saban, by the way, Saban, by the way, is not talking about players. He's talking about coaches. He's talking about his buddies in the profession who hang on to their jobs because yeah. they can go to their AD and say, but Jethro, I made a bowl game with six wins last year. Doesn't that mean something? And Jethro's like, I guess it does. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Uh, but it, that's there's no I can't think of a reason that you shouldn't go to eight and eventually I think I think sixteen is fine and that then that then occupies spots in bowl games all of which I'm going to care a lot more about than I do most of the current system. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you could still have all of the sponsors and the bowl names. I think we showed that oh, yeah. pretty easily. Yeah, you could keep having this is what we'll just call them the same thing. It's just that one team might play in guess what? multiple ones of those. Okay, so so let's say you eventually go to a 16 team playoff. And let's say the bowl games all say, well, if we're not involved, we're out because it's no cuz now now we're down to x amount and all right. So let's come up with a system. If you win 6 games, you can practice for an extra month. All right, because that's what every coach talks about. Every coach got the January to practice. It was just so great. We <laughs> we got little Timmy out there and really worked him through those reps. So let's so let's allow if you can get to six wins, your reward is an extra month of practice, because that's what you always talk about. Yeah, I think that's what they always. Talk. I, I think the one challenge that does exist also if you have too many playoff games is just with these guys playing so much, so many games. I mean, they are going to school, most of them. You know what then? <laughs> then don't then don't start don't start NCAA tournament games at, at eleven AM on a Thursday when kids are supposed to be in school. I this would, has nothing to do with school. I would like them to not have that massive break. It's just a business. Between the end of the college season. Oh, and you want then, them to go right away to playing? Well, not right away because the holiday season being filled with bowl games. But <laughs> I, I feel know. like 
I feel like there's plenty of time to get this playoff in there. There's lots and lots of time to get that in there. You could work it out so just fine. So it can fine. be done. And, and ESPN or Fox would pay enormous cash for I it. I don't know what's holding them back on this. I don't know what the argument is. I don't either. I think, well, I think the coaches and I think, I think there's certain administrators and coaches fighting this because they, they know that if you go to 16 teams, you'll demolish the bowl system as we know it, which is, which filled, is great, which is filled <laughs> with absolute right, garbage. Right, it's that absolute sounds wonderful. Dumpster fire garbage. Dave, what's coming up in stuff? Got a few items from the baseball world last night that we need to get to. A little Tour de France coverage, yes. I forgot all about that. We're going there. And Bill Belichick being assaulted with questions from from the past that he just can't get rid of. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Yeah. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. You've been ratted out, boys. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Renai Tankless Water Heaters. Meet the all-new Renai Sensei Tankless Water Heater, offering an endless supply of hot water, significant energy savings, and Wi-Fi monitoring. Visit tanklessismore.com to see why tankless is more. Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. Dave Harrigan, you want to start with Belichick? Because I always love when Bill, Bill's favorite time of the year when he gets to meet with his friends from the media. Yeah, that poor guy, haunted by decisions made in the past. Specifically, sitting Malcolm Butler for Super Bowl 52. Which we still don't know why he did, but that's okay. Yeah, and you know, God bless the uh, local media there in the Boston area trying to get to the bottom of it, but Bill's not having it. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask about last year. Yeah, yeah. last year is last year. I'm not focused on last year. Yeah. What about the fact that everywhere we go, folks want to ask about Malcolm Butler? I mean, sports coaches, players... University, you're a sports fan. Yeah, we've <laughs> talked about that. That's multiple months ago. Have Is we? there going to be any more explanation about why he didn't play? Focused on training camp. Would you do it any differently? Training camp? Well, we're, no. we're getting started. We'll work on that right now. We'll do it the best we can. And does it matter to you? Do you care that the fans want to know more about this? I'm focused on doing the best that I can for the 2018 New England Patriots. That's my job. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I've always done in the past. You know, every day that I've coached here, I've done the best that I could for this football team, and I'll continue to do that. And right now, my focus is on the 2018 season, not 2017, not 2014, not 2007, not 2004, not 2001, not 2000. I'm not focused on any of those seasons. They're done. You know, he can add... There are really three gems in that entire soundbite. You got to love the filibuster at the end when he's finally had enough and just starts naming every possible year he can think of. Yeah. Number two, directly and purposely misinterpreting the question, knowing he's asking about Malcolm, Malcolm Butler. Training camp, you mean? Training camp? But number three has to be, I don't know who the female reporter was in the room, that when Bill Belichick goes with the, uh, we've already talked about that. Uh, that was months ago. Have we? <laughs> Yeah, and I she's right. Have you, we? you really haven't. Oh, that's outstanding. You really haven't, Bill. He is. It's it, the cat and mouse game by this point. 
is just glorious to watch unfold, right? Or to hear unfold. This might be the difference between our media here and somewhere like Boston is I know that for us, we probably would have just let it go. Like, okay, you're not talking about it. So right. we'll just You wouldn't along. start Zim off with a ton of yeah, right. questions like that's true. Right, and that's why with Belichick, I've talked to people who covered him on a daily, daily basis before, and what I usually come away with is it's similar to Zimmer, where he could be really detailed and he can give you some really smart stuff. But every so often, it'll be something like this. And because it's Belichick and the figure that he is, it always ends up everywhere. And that's why people think every, people think every press conference is like that from him. But it isn't. It's just classic when it is. We had a former twin sighting last night. Out toward right center field. Bellinger going back. He'll just watch. It is gone! Trevor Plouffe has walked it off. Here in the bottom of the 16th inning, my goodness, five hours and 55 minutes after it began, the Phils have taken game two. You know what? I don't care if it's off a position player. It's a home run in the big leagues, and it's a walk-off. 7-4, and yes, you heard that right. Was that Ploofy? Uh, no, I think that was the color commentator. Okay. Uh, but Ploof hit that bomb off of Kike Hernandez because the Dodgers said, Enough. We just want to go home. Just win the game. I, I actually flipped to that game on MLB TV after the Twins got done, and I think I lasted through 13 and said, I'm going to bed. That's a nice effort and for that, you. That was it. Well, it started raining in the 10th, and I thought it was going to get delayed, so I thought I was out then, and and it stopped raining at that point, so they went back to playing. But, yeah, I just said I'm not going to get through uh, 60. I follow the home run tracker on Twitter that keeps track of all these things for me. And when I saw Trevor Plouffe's name pop up, I was happy for Trevor Plouffe. I didn't realize until a few more tweets that he had hit it off a position player in the 16th inning. <laughs> you know what, Matthew? I, it's a I home run in the big leagues. An 84-mile-an-hour heater. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad to see Trevor back uh, in the big leagues. I always liked him. <laughs> Matthew Collar, former minor league baseball broadcaster. When's the, uh, what's, did you ever get close to this moment? Kick in the 2-2 for Montas. And Gallo fouls it back this way. And I caught it. How about that? <laughs> nice job. Where's the kid? Where's yeah, a little kid? kid right over here. A little girl. Where do we got a kid? A little girl with a glove. Nice play, Roxy. Thank you. There you go. Well done. One-handed, Ro- by the way, too. Roxy Bernstein, uh, that play guy for the A's, got it yesterday. Well, good for him, because those come back hot, depending on where you are. Um, Jamestown, New York. Home of the Jamestown Jammers at one point. I don't know if they're still in the league because lots of things change. That's a great name. The press box, mm-hmm. it was really like a high school field or a junior college field where they played. The press box was right over home plate. Oh, so I like mean, old Tiger right Stadium. over. Yeah, where Tiger Stadium was like that. If you talk too loud, they can definitely yep. hear you at the plate. Yep. And the foul balls would come back so fast. There was no chance I was ever going to reach for one. You had to stand toward the corner of the press box just in case and be ready to jump to the side in case it flew back there. And through the game broadcast, you would hear every so often, because it would hit the outside of the wooden press box. That's not good. Did did you go glove for those games to try and protect yourself? Some did. I didn't. I was just ready. I had my laptop kind of tucked over in the corner, and I was just ready to dodge. Yep. But the cool part about it was you were the angle was so great that you could hear the pitch coming. 
you could see how fast 95 miles an hour is Mm because it was that close. And you would hear with every pitch the... So it was cool, but it was also dangerous. Remind me, what level were we talking here? Uh, Single A. At one point, a really crotchety old play-by-play broadcaster threatened to sue the team because he was scared for his life with the foul balls. Oh, I'm sure they moved that press box right away after that. (laughs) Speaking of laptops, do we find out... Sue them for what? Do we find out... What happened to the poor kid who was doing play-by-play for a Marlins affiliate, I believe, a few weeks back and had his laptop hit by a baseball? I was expecting a story about, well, somebody bought him a new one since he's a young, struggling play-by-play guy, but I never saw the story. Yeah, I didn't see a follow-up. I would hope the organization would spring for The Marlins? There's no way. There's no way the Marlins You don't think Jeets would just send a check, say, here, young man? I think Jeets has shown himself now that he's out there publicly to be really sort of a first-class jerk or close to it, if not that. Uh, Things really went wrong yesterday in the uh, Tour de France. Here's the report. In the interim, a really disturbing event here. Look at the camera. Police officer tries to pepper spray some of the protesters, but the wind is coming from the left side and blows that pepper spray straight into the peloton. And here is the aftermath of that. Obviously, the pepper spray get into the riders' eyes, faces. Not a nice scene right there. So the race is neutralized for a little bit before, as everyone got themselves back together. Not the way you want to start off a 125-mile stage in the so mountains. Farmers in France were protesting something with the European Union, throwing hay bales in the street as the uh, tour is about to ride by. This is a Simpson scene. Yes. This is not real. This can't be real. Oh, it's Farmers so real. are throwing hay bales, and a officer tries to pepper spray them, but <laughs> accidentally pepper sprays the riders. <laughs> the that video is, fake. is that delightful, because be you've got all these guys off their bikes. They had to stop the race, and they're all in their spandex with the helmets, pouring jugs of water into their eyes, washing their eyes out, and apparently they had to do that throughout the rest of the stage. Guys would have to take a break and, and wash their eyes out. This is the first time in years and years that I had no idea that this event was going on. I had completely forgotten about it until I saw that story on Tuesday. I completely forgot about that thing. Because it used to be sort of a big deal. Oh, and Lance, Lance was yeah, winning Lance, seven Lance is competing, and then, and then when Lance got done, it felt like there, there, was, there was interest. There was some huge, carryover. But there was some, and now I completely forgot the tour was going on. It's like baseball. Everything was better when they were cheating, right? Pace of bicycling. That, that's our problem. Well, I just dope no, it up. Right. Let's hit some dingers. You're right. I love. Yeah, you're all these people. Basically, you ruined baseball for me. Except the summer '98. It's one of the greatest summers of my life. <laughs> Steve J. McCollum, uh, Portland Trailblazers. He has his own podcast, the Pull Up Podcast. We call it. And uh, recent episode, he welcomed Kevin Durant on the broadcast. Kevin Durant of the Golden State Warriors, a big time rival of the uh, Portland Trailblazers, and. Forgive the fact that they're eating throughout the whole time, which is kind of annoying and frustrating to listen to, but I do uh, I do have to appreciate what's said here, especially from Durant, just chiding the little brother uh, trailblazers. Nah, I, you know how I felt, bro. I was hot. <laughs> I don't know if I was more mad than when you like, went to go. I think I was more mad. Why are you mad did. about this stuff? Bro, I'm in the league. What do you mean? Why am I mad about this I mean, stuff? Like, I'm in the Western Conference. <laughs> I got to play you. MFers all the time anyway as it is over and over again we done got eliminated by y'all a few times in the first round so I'm I mean, looking so at cuz I mean you know you're, you you know you guys aren't going to win a championship bro we have the, the team <laughs> we have the capabilities anything is possible we can win a championship bro I mean let's be honest 
Bro, we can't win a championship. Anything is possible. I just need to look. I need more. I mean, I like y'all. I like the two. I like y'all two. You're hard to stop. But, I mean, come on. Give you up. can't be upset about this. Uh, I can't be upset no. because Cuz was a free agent, which means he could have. This is the, this is why I was also why I was upset. He could have came to Portland. His agent and Nurk have the same agents. So I'm thinking, okay, you ain't gonna come to us, whatever. Why you gotta go there, Cuz? I'm gonna text him. <laughs> I was mad. I got on Twitter. Yo, get out your face. And I really yo. text Cuz. I'm like, Cuz, what's up, bro? Like why? Like what? what Yo, you're what, the first person I see. Why did this happen? Who says um, I was crying on Twitter. When you seen that? No, people thought I was playing. I was real text cousin. We no, talked. That was funny. We hashed it out. I needed to know what was going on. I wanted to know why. You want him to come to Portland, bro? I think that anything is possible. Bro. <laughs> why would you eat while recording a podcast? Are as they a, shoveling as a piles of food? Famous podcaster like myself. Yeah, are they shoveling piles of food in I, their faces too? I mean, I'd that's say, not like a casual chip. Maybe turn the mic off if you want to munch on something. Um. All right, the cousins thing. I'm confused. Cousins tore his Achilles for the Pelicans. Demarcus Cousins. Yes. So cousins. He so he so he tears his Achilles. My understanding is no one pursues him. So his agents like, okay, I'm going to pick up the phone and call the Celtics and Golden State. So why are we? Why are now people are upset? Well, he shouldn't have gone. As far now, if eighteen teams had called him and he did this, I might still defend him, but I could see them being upset. But the reports are nobody called him, and there was no interest, and so his agents just like, okay, I'll call two of the best teams in in the league, which to me makes perfect sense and is good representation of your client. I do think we have gotten to the point with the NBA where there's frustration with the Warriors. At first, it was excitement because they were so different and so much fun to watch. And then you were rooting super hard against Kevin Durant because he's just not a very likable guy, but he's a great player, and he did such a lame thing going to the best team. And, okay, all right, well, we had that storyline. Can LeBron somehow beat them? The answer is clearly no. Right. Well, and and, and yeah. now we want something else. It would have been interesting if DeMarcus Cousins went to another team. Sure, but and, if they didn't call him, I can't be down on him and his representation. I don't blame him for going there. I, yeah. I just think if, if, like, you're, on you the, blame for if you're on the outside, if you're a Portland Tracer, Trailblazers fan or Minnesota Timberwolves, you have to feel like, what is our actual chance to win? It's oh, zero. almost zero it's because zero. of this. It's zero right now, which is why you have to build for when those teams start to decline and why, unlike what Tibbs is doing, the worst thing that you could possibly do is think that you have a chance to win in 2018-19 because you don't. Right. And I think that that, if you're an NBA fan of not the Warriors, right. you're probably getting a little bit annoyed with it's hard to see when the next time they'll lose will be. Yeah, yes. But, so but he, Kirk Cousins. So even other, even other players Boogie in the went league. There. Boogie he, went there because he was ignored. So even, even players feel that way. A play more to go. Dan Hayes talking Twins at 1130. Uh, Courtney Cronin will join us in the noon hour to talk about what uh, Mike Zimmer had to say as training camp opens in Egan. And also, let's talk about the excitement, or is there, about Kirk Cousins starting his first season as a Viking. Mackie and Judd is all getting college. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie. Hey, boys and girls, it's Papa Smurf. He just a little guy. Judd Zolgad. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Want exclusive access to U.S. Bank Stadium? Then purchase your tickets now for CCFA's 
Touch of football, flag football tournament at uh, on September 8th. Flag football teams will take over the field in a six-on-six tournament to raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. The day also includes exclusive stadium tours, memorabilia auction, 1500 ESPN Fan Zone, and more. All the details, 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. And you can also sign up teams. Still a couple spots left. Check that out. 1500ESPN.com is where you can find details. Thank you, David Harrigan. Okay, Collar, you found more about this uh, poor Marlins minor league play-by-play guy who had his laptop destroyed. Yes, thank you to Vince for sending this along. The uh, guy, his name is Roger, he tweeted it out that, uh, yes, they did replace it. The Really? Um, let me get the... the did G- I wonder if Jeter G- actually has a heart. The team's name, it was probably the team that did this, not the Marlins organization, my guess, okay. is the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. That is the real name of their baseball club. I'm sort of like that. I don't mind that. So the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Good for them. Good for the Jumbo Shrimp. Good for the Jumbos. You don't like the wacky names, do you, Collar? Uh, I don't See, know. I'm, I, I love mean, them. I'm kind of indifferent. I mean, I like something that does connect to the city or town that they play in. So I imagine Jumbo Shrimp has some sort of connection. The Yankees organizations made them all stop using Yankees. So one of them is like Rail Riders. Okay. All right. Well, if there's that. some yeah. sort of a railroad connection there, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I, if it's just something oh, like a random animal, unless it's really funny animal, I would say, okay, uh, whatever. Like, if you just went with Jaguars... Okay, what's the point? So, so but you're if it's something silly. You're like sort that, of a nickname snob, is what you're telling us. It's not that you don't like them; you just don't like them if they don't meet your criteria. Yeah, that's correct. I think that's fair. There's some good ones now, though, and it beats thir- thirty years ago when every uh, Twins affiliate was the Twins. Hey, it's the Wisconsin Rapids Twins. Yeah, it's yeah, the definitely. it's the Toledo, or actually Toledo wasn't the Twins, but anyway, yeah, I think it's a, at least it's at least creative now. And I think the first team that I came across like that was the Cedar Rapids Colonels, which had been the Cedar Rapids Reds when they were affiliated with Cincinnati into the 90s. And then I think the Angels uh, took over that franchise and they changed their name to Colonels, which at, which at least you're like, okay, that's creative. It's not great. It's not fantastic, but it's not bad. And it allows you to merchandise things instead of trying to sell some, hey, here's a Reds jersey. Because I live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and I don't give a bleep about the Cincinnati Reds. And, the, and these organizations change affiliates often enough where if you were the Yankees before, you might end up with someone else some other time. Because I think the Yankees were with Columbus for a long time, and then now they're with Scranton. They were, yeah, Columbus for ages. So, you know, they they just change those things around. Well, I don't know. But I, I'm, okay. The I mean, best I'm name, okay with the Jumbo Shrimp. The best nickname that you encountered during your minor league play-by-play days. Well, I liked the... The team that I mentioned before was probably the best was the Jamestown Jammers. The reason that they were the best was because jam had to do with like grapes and stuff okay. or something. And their logo was like this really angry little grape. So <laughs> when, I, when I was there, I bought like a soda that was like the souvenir size. Yeah. So I could take it home and put it in our press box so we had the angry little grape with me all the time. That is pretty good. He was super mad. And it just thought the great. Well, yeah, because he was going to get squashed. Right. I think that's why. And I, that's, that's a great idea. That's not a bad one. Maybe he was mad because he was still a grape and he wanted to be part of the jam. 
I can show you the grain. Maybe he was stuck on the side that said, no, I'm sorry, you're not jam worthy, you're going to be a raisin. I like the fact that the grape was mad, though. going to dry you up. Can you see that? Oh, yeah. He's he's a salty little grape. He looks sort of like a wart. The grape looks like a wart from here to me. I don't know if you can see that through the glass. Oh, no, that's a grape. It's it's a grape. That's a grape. It looks like a growth to me. Like, Like off... The finger, little, little wart thing and there. And their, their older one was even more angry. That was their older one. Oh, He's, now I like this one. This one's really That's old. a PO'd. Oh, that's my. a good. That I a wouldn't have changed. Grape. I wouldn't have changed from that the, one. The, that's the a PO'd grape. The first PO'd grape is like a smooth one with a green hat. So he's a grape, but he's got a green hat. The other one is like kind of a bunch of grapes all together. So you have a single angry grape versus many angry grapes that takes on human form. <laughs> I like how you're breaking this down. Yeah. It's very careful. That was my favorite one, I think. It, it's. I like the first one a lot more. I like the really <laughs> mad grape. The second grape that you sh- uh, showed me is almost not mad enough and it's too small, but the first one is a clearly mad mad grape. Now I will show you another one that's pretty good. That is right. the Williamsport Crosscutters that is a very burly man who is cutting That looks wood. like Paul Bunyan. Yeah. He is that bu- looks like a Bunyan-esque. show, Dave. That that yes. looks like a copyright infringement of Bunyan. That's my Ooh. kind of man right there. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's Paul Bunyan meets the brawny man meets. Yeah. Did Did you guys see that? He's that got a hat on. That we're gonna have a Jim Tomey doll given away in the next few weeks at Target Field, and it's I gonna be that, him yes. and and Babe the Blue Ox, and they brought back that commercial that they had where, where Jim walks by Mauer and Kadir with with Babe the Blue Ox. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're going to have one now with Jim pointing his bat at the clubhouse and and w- walking the blue ox. It was a great commercial. It That's, reminds yeah. me. It reminds me of the years when the Twins had really good marketing ideas. Hey, this is how they baseball, Judd. Minnie and Paul. I'm going to give you a real controversial statement, Paul. Yeah, what's that? Eddie Rosario is one of the best players in baseball. Okay, that's great. That's fantastic. Thanks a lot. Yeah, great marketing. I love the Twins people too, and I I do. I like them a lot. But we gotta we gotta find something new here. We gotta find Pat's right. This is how we baseball d- does not work. As much as I hate, as this pains me to say, because I don't like it. I think this is our ice worked. In fact, I think it's not go- going away for the Wild. I think they're going to keep it around. Can't, they should. It I can't, did absolutely work. I can't stand it. Hey, I got a I got I got some uh, I got some water from a bathroom in Warro. Let me pour that on your ice. Okay, so I didn't like it, but I think it worked. You ever seen the uh, Savannah Bananas logo? Yeah, I like that one. It's a very intense banana. Oh, it's a, yes. that's, a, that's a that's a banana. A serious nanner. That's a good one. See, love, this is what I, I like. Love it that allows name, Savannah Bananas. Yes, and that's it allows tremendous. the freedom to do some goofy stuff that might not work. But you're a minor league baseball team. Oh, I just discovered the Colonels logo, and that is fantastic. The Savannah a- Bananas wore kilts for a game last week. Did they really? Yeah, it was like a oh, St. Patrick's Day in July thing. It was on the 17th. They eventually got rained out, so you got to see the video of all the players because they have to do their own you know, grounds crew, all the players pulling the tarp over, wearing the kilts. Yep. Yeah, they wore kilts for the whole, uh, at least the innings that they played. That sounds like it could really hurt. I mean, well, you wear some tights. You make it work. I guess so. You plan ahead. Uh, let's come back and talk about uh, Kirk Cousins. He's got a rich new deal. He's got a new start. What's the excitement for it? Mackie and Judd today is Judd and Collar. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN.